Do you find yourself running out of time to accomplish your work? Are you spending time doing things that you're not that good at? There are effective ways to outsource these tasks so you can focus on your business. This is the Virtual Success Show. We bring the inside scoop on outsourcing success for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Malouf and Barbara Turley. Hey everyone, welcome back to another show of the Virtual Success Show. I'm joined today by my co-host, Barbara Turley. Hey, Barb. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Good to do another show with you. It certainly is. Yeah, it's it's such a beautiful winter's day here in Sydney today. It it's, is. It's um, clear blue skies and would you believe 23 degrees in the middle of July or beginning of July. I have to admit, I love the Australian blue skies are just to die for. You get blue skies all the time, pretty much all the time here. Like it's very rare that it's not blue skies. I just love that. Certainly is. So, and it's a really exciting day to be doing this topic as well titled Right People, Right Seats, Right Time. And this is a follow-on show from the last show we did where we talked about um, VAs or project managers or ops manager, which should you choose? And um, it was a really interesting conversation that Barbara and I were having around as we were preparing for these shows. And this topic sort of just popped out for us because what we've been finding is so many of our respective clients have the mindset that they need to put people in their businesses to help them grow it, but they're not taking enough time to, number one, choose the right people for what they need done. Secondly, putting them into the right roles or seats in the business, but also then it's about the timing of all this, and that's what we wanted to talk to today. So let me get started. Bob, um, right people. What's your experience as far as um, right people in your business and, and sort of some of the challenges you've had over the time? Yeah. So look, I've a lot of the things that I share on this podcast, I, I, I learned myself through the hard way and not, not having anyone really to sort of advise me on it. But I guess a lot of these things you, you do learn by experience. So in terms of the right people, um, I think, look, with VAs, I felt it was a bit easier for me because I was very clear on that boundary of, you know, what, what a VA does and what a VA doesn't do. Um, when I tried to, um, I had some VAs, though, that were very, very good. And I realized I needed sort of project management help. And I thought, well, they can do it. I mean, they're really good, right? They're great VAs and they're on it. And what I found was when I put them into that project manager type role. Um, it was a bit frustrating for me and it was a bit scary for them because all of a sudden the expectation went to a whole other level. Uh, their expectation of themselves, my expectation of them and my expectation of the result I was going to get. And the truth is I didn't really get that result because I realized they needed a lot more mentorship from me to make the transition. And the problem, the funny problem was that I gave some of the people I made project managers, I gave them VAs to work under them. But what I found was they found it really hard to break out of the doing mindset of a VA because a project manager is not going to do all the doing and the grunt work. They're supposed to be delegating. I then had to teach my VAs how to delegate and they found it quite difficult. So it was actually, it was a hard transition there. Absolutely. And what I find around this topic of right people also is as your business starts to grow and you start to move a lot faster, 
what you tend to need a different level of skill in order to keep up. And to your point, Bob, having the time to actually train these people. So sometimes um, in the infancy of your business, and this sort of falls into that timing piece a little bit, which is in the infancy of your business, you tend to have a little bit more time um, and you can spend more time training, creating systems and the like. As your business starts to ramp up and start to really get some great results, um, you know, through your revenue, your marketing and selling um, functions, what happens is we then want to throw more to these people or we bring new people on that we want to throw more to and then we don't have the time to train them. So we actually, under the right people piece, need to consider do we need to be bringing in more skilled people who have the experience and, and actually buy that experience into our company versus having to train them? Yeah, and I, I just want to add there as well, it's really important to also remember, if you're at a point in business where, you know, sometimes when you're growing really fast, people think you're making a killing and you realize you're actually not because the cost of growing is eating your profit and all that stuff. I went through this kind of phase and I realized that while it would be lovely to hire a project manager who had all those skills, I was in a situation when I first did this where I couldn't really do that actually. And I realized that the best thing I could do was actually take some of my own time and make the people who, who I knew could do it, but they just needed a bit more of my time. And I just had to invest my time because I didn't have the money at the time. So sometimes you've got, you've got two resources, you've got money and time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes maybe investing, if you're good at this, some of your own time means you can get the result, but you have to realize that at some point you have to invest something. It's either going to be money or time or both. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So then I guess in talking to the right seats, um, this is a really, I guess, um, under um, undervalued piece in business, I believe. And it's a very, very simple tool. And I was I was saying to Barb just before the show, it's actually a piece of advice I'd be I think I'd give out at least once a week now, which is creating an organizational chart for your business, not where it's at now but for where you want it to go. So for instance, if you've got goals or targets that you're trying to hit in the next one year, two years, five years, for argument's sake, you need to create an organizational chart for what the business, the team looks like, assuming you've hit your one-year goal, assuming you've hit your two-year target, assuming you've hit your five-year targets, so that you have clarity on the, on the business and the team you need to grow into versus constantly being reactive. And it's the reactive business owners that tend to put the wrong people in the wrong seats. And so this very, very simple tool, being the organizational chart done properly, helps you future pace the putting or understanding which seats you're going to need and when you're going to need them. I'm just laughing listening to you say that, Matt, because I know, and just for the listeners, Matt gave me that advice a few years ago when I was, like the business was a lot smaller and he doesn't remember giving me, specifically giving me that advice, but I have actually talked about this on other podcasts where I've been interviewed and said that it was one of the most pivotal pieces of business advice that changed a lot for me personally. When I actually sat down and I think, Matt, I remember you saying to me, Barb, why don't you do an org chart of when, what your business looks like um, at 100 people? And at the time, I think I had 15 people and I couldn't even get my head around that. But when I did it, I look at it now and we're sort of at that 100 people um, place. And the people I was thinking of hiring when I was at 15 people 
were actually in hindsight going to be the wrong people had I not done this particular exercise. And, you know, the people I was thinking of hiring at 15 people, I haven't even hired yet because I don't actually need those yet. And it made it very clear to me what I actually needed, which in my case were things like project managers, trainers, strong team leaders. That's the sort of thing I really needed. And I'm now doing the org chart of what does the business look like at 500 people, you know, which is actually exciting now, whereas the first time I did it, it was a bit scary. So massive piece of advice for anyone listening. Don't be scared of it and just do it. Have a look at it. Absolutely. Which sort of takes us back to the last show where we talked about VA or project manager or ops manager. And when you create this organizational chart and you're clear on what each role um, needs to be doing and how it all fits together, then you can start to make decisions about, well, who am I going to put and in which seat am I going to put them? And this, again, it doesn't take a lot of time and it's not about getting this perfect. Um, As you grow within your business, the organizational structure will evolve as well. Like Barb was saying, who she thought she needed uh, didn't end up turning out to be who it was. But without that structure and that plan and that visual, it would have been a lot harder. Yeah. And you just panic and you hire, you think, I need a HR manager. I need this. I need that. And you actually don't. In time, as a business grows, you will need all of these functions. But you know, Matt, as you were talking, I was just thinking about um, the sort of the stages of business and this concept of what is the right time. Because people often ask me, when's the right time to get a VA? When's the right time to get a project manager? And I think in the very, very, very early stages of a business, when you still haven't even figured out the product to market fit and all that kind of thing. I think at that point of a business where it's very much startup and you're just still trying to get a product uh, that people are going to buy, I think you could possibly think about a VA at that point, but I, I don't, I even think that's too early. I think at that point you're in the hustle where you're out there talking to the market and you've got to figure out this product to market fit and whether your business has got legs. Would you agree with that, Matt? It's kind of a hustle time where it's really you. You know, it's all you. It is. Where I see a VA being able to support a business owner at that point is in the um, lower level, low value admin things that tend to take up a lot of our time. Mm. Um, And so even uh, I know um, I've made the recommendation for a lot of business owners in that infancy phase is, Get a part-time person so that you don't ever get involved in all of those. Uh, it's all those simple little tasks that need to get done, but can easily be handed over and done by somebody else because it just gives you more time out there to market and sell, which is yeah. in that early phase while you're, while you're really in that, um, I guess we call it startup or, or sort of ramping up phase. It's all about marketing and sales. So the more yeah. time you can have marketing and selling, uh, the, the quicker your business will grow. Absolutely. And then I think, you know, I'm just thinking about my own journey. I know it was like that initially. I had a VA and I was doing all that stuff myself. VAs, my VA was doing things like, you know, they're not low value, but they're not revenue generating. So things like your social media and just keeping, making your business look bigger than it poss- probably is at that point. You want to make yourself look like we instead of just me. Yes. Um, but then when you're, when you've got a product that's selling, so you start to realize you've got a service or a product that people are buying and things start to take off a bit. I think that's really the point where you start bringing VAs in quite a lot. When you start developing your processes and getting, getting the sort of the engine churning, you figure out what the recurring tasks are, what 
is required to keep the engine of this thing now running so that you can continue to stay out there and keep the flying the flag. At some point then, I think it's when you're a bit bigger that you, for me, the project manager thing is more when you realize you've got, you're trying to manage too many things. There's too many, okay, the engine thing is going in the recurring task list, but there's so many things that you projects in order to drive the business forward that you're getting caught up project managing yourself. And I think that's the point at which you may need a project manager to help you navigate that. Whereas the operations manager thing, I'm interested to know your um, thoughts, Matt, on whether that's when the business is a little bit bigger. You've sort of gone through that startup and early growth phase, but you've come into more you know, something that's, you're now in this for the long term. Absolutely. So you, you, you certainly well into a good consistent revenue and profitability um, mm-hmm. because um, I think- There's no of, going back kind of thing. Yeah. There's correct. no way you're shutting this down. This is now the business, right? This is a fully alive, dynamic entity that is growing. Correct. and But also too, um, I see a lot of business owners wanting to put an ops manager in too soon uh, and they don't have enough free cash flow to invest in the right person. So what they tend to do, and this comes back to, you know, obviously right people in the right seat. So they put a person in asking him to be an operations manager, uh, often because they've they've been with them the longest or there is potential there, but they're they're not quite sure, um, but they need that seat filled. So they put that, or they have a VA who's really good, and they think, "Well, I'll just make them the ops sort of person." Correct. Now, I will give a little tip on this, right? Of course, in business, cash flow is hard, and we're all hustling, and you know, we're all trying to. You know, not everyone can go out and spend a hundred thousand dollars on an amazing ops manager to walk in and just you know run the whole thing for you. I did actually go the route of my first ever VA became my ops manager. But the, you know, I, I took a very painful route because I'm good at coaching people and mentoring. And I also am good at operations myself. So I built her up into that. But it, it was a process that took about two years. For me, it was very rewarding, but it took a lot of my time. So if you're prepared to do that, you can. But it is definitely the harder route and you'd want to be very good at it. Yes. And, and it is it is a quote unquote harder route. However, if done, if you do that exercise we talked to earlier with the organizational chart, mm. you may actually know that in two years' time, our intention is to have an operations manager. We're going to employ someone with the right attitude and values that aligns with our business now, and then um, ensure find someone who actually has a career aspiration to go into a management role as well and then groom them over the next two years. And when you can dangle that carrot to the right person, they t- they, they'll they step up as much as you have to step up in, in, in your training and ability with them. Do you know, Matt, I've realized in you saying that, I didn't realize this, but that's exactly what I've done. And because of that org chart little exercise that I did way back when, I know the roles that are coming in two years' time. And I'm already looking at my people, like I'm even doing it these days. I'm going, well, X, you know, such and such over there is really showing skills that could be developed up into what I need in 12 months time. Absolutely. And I start using it. And I, I, like I said, I enjoy doing it though. But for me, it's been a really cost effective way to get the team that I want. And the what I find as well from a people management perspective, when you find somebody that wants to do that as well, 
you just, their career development is so important to them that they, they don't leave you. The loyalty is massive. Correct. Not all the time, but the loyalty is huge because you've, they've grown up with you. That's right. That's exactly mm. right. Now, a little warning I want to give to everyone here, which is all of the, or everything that Barb and I are talking to today is easy to do and it's easy not to do. And yes. it's so, you know, the reality is, um, to do an organizational chart, you need a piece of paper and a, and a Sharpie marker and away you go or a whiteboard. And it is very, very simple, right? And, and, and I don't want to play it down, but if you think about the silos of your business being, you know, say, uh, marketing and sales and operations and finance and admin, and you were just to think about the various teams you need to build under that over the next one, two, five years, I guarantee within an hour, you could create those three organizational charts. But as I said, it's easy to do, but it's also easy not to do. It's easy to just put on a list and go, oh, I'll get to that later. I don't need to worry about that right now because of where I'm at. But as Barb mentioned for her and her business, it's, it's, it's that simple sitting down, visualizing it, having it there that's enabled her and many businesses that I've, I've consulted and coached over the years to, to grow really fast because you have a clear uh, roadmap and path to know who do I need and when do I need them. Well, I think as well, you know, it was eye-opening for me because when I did the org chart, I realized that what I thought I needed and what I then realized I needed were two very different things. Mm -hmm. So I would have gone, instead of ending up right people, right seat, right time, I would have ended up uh, maybe right people, wrong seat, wrong time. So I was thinking at the time, how it came up for me, Matt, was I was saying to you at the time, oh my God, I desperately need a HR manager because we were having a lot of HR issues at the time. But now that I, I realize now that the HR manager I would have hired then would have been expensive, uh, they would have been, nobody was going to join a company that small. The person I need is actually a HR manager. I'm looking now at, I want to hire the HR manager. That's going to take our company to 500 people instead of hiring someone that was only going to be able to cope with 20 people. So I'm already thinking ahead now and going, well, there's no point in hiring a HR manager for a hundred people. That's only ever done that. I need to try and inspire somebody to come in now and work with us and take it to 500 people. Mm. So it's a totally different thinking. hundred percent, but it's only, it's only that that's you've, you've created the, I guess the plan, the people plan that sits around that. Yeah. You can now be thinking that way. Very inspiring. I think the other thing I realized just in remembering back then, I was like, well, if I have a hundred people, oh my God, I need six team leaders. And then I'm going to need someone for them to report to, because I can't have six team leaders reporting to me. So I realized then, well, maybe my first team leader might be interested in developing herself up into a team manager where she manages the team leaders. And luckily enough, she was really keen to do that. But we were able to build her up into that over time. So now we have sort of five team leaders and she manages them. But it wasn't like one day she came to work and I was like, right, now you're the team manager. And she never really had any time to develop into that. We slowly developed that up. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to just one thing to correct for everyone. It wasn't luck that that happened to Bob. It was very intentional. 
And but putting it out there and being clear on this, her, her business has grown into that. So yes, yeah. So I'm doing the org chart now for 500 people. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> wow, that's big. But you know, that's it's very helpful. So I'm I'm definitely the test case of, you know, any of you guys listening. I would really urge you, you know, like Matt's saying it, I I did it. Like he gave me the advice, I did it. And it was one of the most pivotal things really for me in, in so far in my own business journey. So it's definitely worthwhile. Excellent. So I guess in just wrapping up there, if you, if you, you know, the theme of today was right people, right seats and right time. And it's, it's understanding that firstly, you've got to get clear on, you know, who is it that we want to bring in and invite into our, our companies. Um, and then, which seats do, are they best suited to and which seats do we need filled right now to continue along the journey uh, of growth? And then what's the right time to bring these people in and, and who? what's the organizational chart that we're growing into? Because when you combine each of each three of those uh, in the right balance, um, you'll, you'll really be able to grow your company fast and, and also to you start to reduce the burden and stress of people, uh, which is a big, um, it's, a, it's one of the, I think, uh, the biggest challenges for most entrepreneurs is people. But when you look at it through this lens, it makes it that little bit easier. I think as well, just to add to that as well, I think what I see people doing a lot, I'm sure you see this too, is when, let's say you've got kind of a good cultural fit. You've got someone who's great, but they're in the wrong seat. The tendency is to go, well, just to get rid of them and to try and hire the right person for that seat. I would encourage people always think, well, maybe we're just not playing to that person's strengths. And there could be another seat that we don't know we need yet that potentially that person could be awesome at because churning through people in your business is very expensive, very tiring, and it's just, it's just not worth it. You know, sometimes you've got the right people in the wrong seats and it's about rejigging the seats potentially and you can just blow something wide open. All of a sudden, somebody comes alive in the right role. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so, uh, yeah, sorry, you go, Bob. Yep. So I was just thinking, you know, um, our next show, guys, we're going to do is we're going to delve more into this operations manager piece uh, in the next show. So make sure that you look out for that. Stay tuned. Um, it is an area that a lot of businesses uh, are struggling to get right and it'll hold you back. It holds back the growth when the internal workings of the business are not functioning properly because you're putting out fires all day. So we're going to talk deeply about that um, and possibly we'll be interviewing somebody who's going to give you some help and guidance in that area. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, thanks again for today. Uh, guys, make sure you give us a rating on iTunes if you can and a review. That would be great because it helps us to get the show out to more people and we can help more people in this topic. Excellent. Thank you, Bob. It was really good. And thanks for uh, for being so open and sharing your story to, with everyone too. Oh, yeah. I hold nothing back. I'm, I'm, the, 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 I'm never going to pretend it's easier than it is. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks, everybody. And we, we will look forward to, uh, to joining you on our next show. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Virtual Success Show. If you found this show helpful, take a moment to share it with a friend so that we can all grow together. Find out more about the inside scoop on outsourcing success by going to our website, virtualsuccessshow.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.